Creativity and Chaos, a 1L2N podcast. I'm Amy, and let's wrap this year up and start our best of 2023 by saying everybody's favorite family member. How about you go first, Tommy? Me. Next. Mike? But that, I was going to say me. I'm, I'm going to say Aaron, my wife. Missy? Liam, my son. Liam? Oliver, my dead cat. And I'd say probably Gillian, because he doesn't know what's going on half of the time. That beautiful idiot. Anyways, we're a family of, of creatives going through the creative writing process. But this week, we're wrapped with the last last episode, I think. Ever. Of the, of, no, Ever. just of 2023. Oh. And we're wrapping up all of 2023. And we're talking about all of our favorite things this year. Welcome to the podcast. Yay. Now, we've done this two years in the past, and the first two years basically did it where, like, our top five things of the year ranked from, like, one to five, but then, oh, those five things could be kind of anything, and it ended up being that there was, like, multiple things in one top to one to five. So, Missy made the suggestion even the first year, I think, but just by doing it by category. So, that's what we're going to do this year, is we're going to do it by category. I think we should start off maybe some life events. For me, I only had one life event because I was trying to think, like, what did I do this year besides play Elden Ring? And I think it was uh, we, we got a new home. Um, yeah. So I, I, I we... currently am living in a, uh, you know, basically a tiny house. It's in the fifth wheel. And I've got a little studio set up in the back here. And everything's really nice. And it's so much nicer because we were living in a smaller camper. So we basically increased our living size by about 50%. And uh, that was huge. Mm. So it's been really nice to have something upgraded. It's like both of you get your own little spaces now. Yeah, she shoved me in the back room, and I love being here, so it works out perfect. (laughs) Amy and I also moved slash got into a new place. I think we all moved. Yeah, Yeah, every single one of us. Wow, we all moved. Yeah, we all moved this year. I I moved mine a lot, so... Oh, that's true, you do move a lot. Yeah, your house is on wheels, so I feel like that doesn't count. I don't know, we moved... Got into a new place. It's nice. We're still decorating it, still getting situated, even all these months later. But you know, you our dad died. You can't blame us. <laughs> is that why your wall is just giant blank white? Yep. <laughs> At least Amy immediately mm-hmm. put up mirrors, lights, flags. Like she got she was on top of it. I just don't like stuff for specific reasons. So I don't like filling out my area, which is why it's very blank. I like stuff. The more stuff, the happier you will be, you know. I got a car. Oh, I got a right. brand new car yeah. this year, which I was very excited about. It's a Subaru, and I named it Subaruberry because <laughs> I'm because <laughs> it's like blueberry color. So I was thinking about like calling it blueberry, but then Subaruberry. So you know, anyways, it's great being able to drive around and not have to rely on Tommy's or mom and dad's vehicle. Yeah, that definitely is a bonus. You, it mm-hmm. it gives you so much freedom to just live your life. Oh yeah. I started the year off with a life event. I got a promotion to the area assistant director of finance, which was so amazing and exciting. And then immediately launched into like a year of hell with work. (laughs) All these responsibilities that started just coincidentally, all this stuff started snowballing the day my promotion and took effect, which 
who could have known that was going to happen, but at least I have a title. Oh, that's something maybe for the future. Let's go resume. Definitely hate all the things that go with it, though. So Sometimes promotions aren't all they're cracked up to be, folks. I have have two. I'd say my honorable mention, my runner-up, would be me, Benden, Mm -hmm. and Tommy going to Mm -hmm. D.C., for about like a week, week and a half or whatever. It was a lot of fun. Some best fun I've ever had. We just did a bunch of stupid stuff and also a bunch of like just looking around at the city. It was nice to just hang out and be chill with people I talk to all the time online. But actually do it uh, in person and just do whatever. Look at all the sights, eat a bunch of crazy food. We did like a couple hundred miles of walking. We did, I think, 20, 30 miles of biking. We did a lot of biking. Mm-hmm. We kind of were like, you know what? We're on vacay and we're going to spend money and not feel guilty about it and just like live up life a little bit. Very fun. I really enjoyed my time as well. But I'll definitely say my number one is probably the easiest out of everybody, which is going to basic training over the summer because that took up that took up a large chunk of the year. And it was it's a very different experience. I won't take any of it back. I think overall, it was pretty fun to learn about a bunch of people across the country, hear a bunch of different stories and just learn more about the world and life and just do a bunch of fun stuff. Getting away from everybody, everything, all the technology, everything. It was it was really nice. It was a different experience. And I think overall, I liked it. liked it a lot. Nice. Cool, cool, cool. Now that we got all that life garbage out of the way, let's talk about some fun stuff. stuff. That matters. <laughs> so favorite podcast for the year, uh, Serial actually came out with two separate serial podcasts which was great so serial podcasts always been great i love it and then i probably really enjoyed the besties which is uh four video game journalists or two of them are ex-journalists and they just talk about video games and they've got a lot of personality and they've gotten a lot of recommendations for me so that's probably like for podcasts pretty good anybody else have any other podcasts yeah, Creativity and Chaos, that's Ooh. been pretty good. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's a little niche, but they're pretty funny. They're a little weird, but uh, yeah, I've been enjoying them. You know, I've I've heard that mentioned a few times, maybe by some of you guys. I'm not sure if it was you guys or not, but I have to admit, I've never listened to a single episode, so I'll just have to take your word for it. Wow. What the heck, man? Wow. I, what? <laughs> I don't really listen what to What the heck? Except for like the Triforce, but that's on YouTube, so. Wow. <laughs> You got to go listen to it. Freaking rude. <laughs> wow. 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 I don't know. It feels to me like like singing in a concert and then going back and listening to the recording of that. It's just the it's best not something thing I would is, do. Yeah, but the best I... thing is, is like half the time you don't remember what you said and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just fun. It's fun to hear how stupid we are. I don't remember I what mean, I said they most are. of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to it every week. Yeah. <laughs> Two YouTubers that I was into this year. Well, one's uh, called Tantacruel. And he, I think that's how you say his name. He does a lot of like high quality videos on, or video essays about music. And yeah, I just kind of like destroyed his catalog this year. I really, really liked a lot of them. He did a, you know, an hour long one about how, you know, music notation must die and I got well just go watch it anyway tantacruel another one I just found out about was uh h-bomber guy because he put out a four-hour youtube video and I it came across my feed and I looked at it and had like 3.8 million views and it'd been out for one day and I was like how is somebody getting that many views on a four-hour video immediately and I, I looked at some of the comments and it was a lot of famous youtube people who were like oh I can't wait to watch this 
Anyway, watched it. It's about plagiarism. It's really good. It gets you thinking as a creative about plagiarism and stuff. Sorry, I'll end talking now. (laughs) (laughs) I had two YouTubers actually that I really enjoyed this year. How Ridiculous. They are a group of Australians who do like trick shots. And then they also do like they created a giant hammer and then they just smash stuff and then do slow-mos of them smashing it. And by giant hammer, I mean, it's like a hydraulic hammer and it's it's massive. It's like larger than a person. And they'll do like an axe or they, they will have like a rotating blades and they'll drop stuff on the rotating blades and like watermelons and ping pong balls and tennis balls and stuff. So they're just they're just fun. And I really like the energy that they all have with each other. You can tell they've been really good friends for a really long time. And it the videos are ridiculous. So how ridiculous kind of <laughs> really, really pairs up well with them. And then there's also this other YouTuber. Her name is Tiang. I'm probably mispronouncing that but she's a mukbanger which a mukbang is basically you watch people eat food and she's just the sweetest little person and she eats she's so tiny and she's so little and she eats massive amounts of food and it's insane but I just love hearing like her description of the foods and you get to experience all these like Asian Korean Japanese all kinds of different foods that I wouldn't normally have gotten to experience and it's just really fun seeing her delight and even after eating these massive portions I mean she orders enough for like six seven eight people and she eats the whole thing in one sitting and it's just really fun hearing her opinions about it and watching her and she's like so shy so when like someone is at the restaurant that knows her she gets like all embarrassed she's like oh thank you thank you I appreciate it and it's just yeah she's she's really fun so I've been enjoying those two this year thanks I've been watching this guy called Simon Whistler, who's got like a million different YouTube channels, but he has one called Decoding the Unknown, and it's about myths or popular misconceptions or conspiracy theories, and he he has a staff that will put this together for him. Usually he does like some research and has a script in advance, but these he goes into blind and his staff puts this together for him. He reads about this myth or conspiracy theory or whatever and talks about, you know, what his previous knowledge already is about it and really dives in deep into a lot of this stuff and they lay it all out. So the whole like first half you're going, oh yeah, okay, maybe I could see where people are coming from with that. Then the second half is him sitting systematically destroying (laughs) like any evidence in quotes that people have with it and you walk away from it usually going oh okay I see why this is so not even possible it's really fascinating and interesting because it try and actually go to source evidence instead of just like hearsay about stuff and they cover a lot of different topics throughout history uh, and it, it's just really fascinating I really enjoy it he really draws you in with his style and he's very sassy too so i probably enjoy that yeah. i feel like mike you would really enjoy a lot of his stuff. yeah i got him um, up I, i'll take a look at it because i love yeah. uh i love basically that idea of skepticism in videos podcasts yeah. uh, essays i love i love that idea and that uh something i'll probably end up start like writing and recording soon because I'm, I'm like itching at the bit to do something creative with that 
So I think I'm probably the only person that has books <laughs> as a category. I've got one. I have two books. Love Theoretically is done by Allie Hazelwood. She kind of made her debut writing a Kylo Ren fan fiction that she turned into a real life book. And honestly, it was great. And it's called The Love Hypothesis. But this is one of her other books that she's written. I don't know which one this is based off of, but it, it's called Love Theoretically. She mixes romance with science. And it's actually like she's a scientist herself, but she's also a huge nerd and writes romance novels and they're great and so yeah love uh theoretically was was really wonderful um i really enjoyed it it was a fake dating scenario which i always love a good fake dating scenario but then they like fall for each other i'm like it's so cute but the one that i read in less than a day because it was so good and i could not put it down was called the viridian priestess it's by katrina calendara katrina calendara and it is like sci-fi fantasy romance where basically the main character is a priestess and she is basically told that she has to go to one of the other worlds because there's three worlds. One world is like all about technology. One world is all about, I guess, mysticism and like abandoning technology. And then the other one's just kind of like a mix of both. And she has to go to one of the worlds to retrieve this thing in order for her to get her powers. And she is chauffeured by people from like the technology technology world and the main like guy characters in like a mask the entire time. I don't know why, but I'm a big fan of that. And it's just about her like coming into her powers and realizing that like she didn't actually need the priestess's permission to have powers. She had powers all along and they were actually like holding her back and then her like uncovering a lot of injustice and stuff and realizing like, oh, there's this whole world out there that they said was like big bad, but actually is like, okay. Yeah, it was just, it was such an interesting read and I loved the combination of fantasy and sci-fi mixed together. And I thought it was just a single book, but it turns out it's a series and I'm so angry because she just wrote this. And so <laughs> it's going to be a long time for the second book to come out I'm like son of a I would have waited but uh it's it's really good I've already read it twice um and it uh it's just it was wonderful the only book that I have been reading other than a billion scientific papers and books and stuff now yeah Aaron got Stephen King's novel called Fairy Tale and I really like Stephen King's writing. His descriptions are really good and it's very fluid a lot of times. Usually never sticks the ending well, but apparently Aaron was like, this is one of my favorite books. And so she gave it to me and I have not finished it yet. But so far, it's very entertaining. And Amy would probably like it. It's magic. Dark and, fantasy. Yeah, dark fantasy. It's 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 good. It does not start off like it. And it's it's nice. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. My favorite book this year was book four of A Song of Ice and Fire called Feast for Crows. Hmm. And it was just completely different. Took a completely different turn compared to the first three books. And it's very polarizing. Some people love it. Some people hate it just because of the difference. It's got, it doesn't have most of the main characters. And it takes, uh, most of the main story takes a backseat to see what else has been going on around the world, especially Westeros. And how other areas have been affected and what they're doing. And it just, it's its really good. Uh, I really like it. Tommy, what was your book of the year? I read books, are you kidding? Uh-uh. Wow. Uncivilized. I just don't have patience. It's bad. <laughs> all right, so we got three big categories. And I think that we all can give like one, but I think there's probably going to be some crossovers that we might have in, in these three categories, which being movies, television, and games. So does anybody want to pick a category to start off with? Movies. Movies? Are we going to leave music for after this? Or, oh, yeah, or? yeah. I don't know. You can do music now. Okay. 
I think my favorite song this year was a song called Back Pocket by Wolfpack. And it's jazzy. It has so many wonderful harmonies, a lot of syncopation. It's just like straight to the point. Like it is a wonderful masterpiece of composition. It's exactly up my alley. It's upbeat. It's positive. Love that stuff. And then the second is from a movie soundtrack. Um, everyone's got to have heard it by now. It's Can You Hear the Music by Ludwig Uranison love that it is one of the most unique pieces of music i've heard from an orchestra in a long time it's just it, it feels like he's consistently reinventing how compositions work and then hearing him describe how he had to basically invent a method for all of the tempo changes within it so that the live orchestra could keep up with the tempo changes it was really interesting and i, I love I loved both of those pieces. Very good pieces. Some of the music that well, I have to one is a specific song, but it's also like the artists themselves. It's called Canon by Overwork, who is like an electronic DJ. And it is a fantastic song and it just gets me hyped. It's just so good. And I love like the musicality and the composition of it. And it's not just like humdrum, same beat constantly. It like really switches things up and, and it's it's really fun. And pretty much overwork in general, love, love the music because it's it kind of keeps switching up like the whole dance thing. So it's not just like, okay, on repeat, same thing over and over again. It keeps things interesting when you're listening to it. And then self-promo, waves. <laughs> because I think Tommy and I did such a good job on that. And I've listened to it so much. And I know that there's other things that we could do with it. But it was just so much fun making that and and it kind of coming to fruition. And, and Tommy worked on it tirelessly. And it was... So it was so fun and I think it's just so good and it was yeah it just was great so so go if you have not listened to it go listen to it go to the list the the one song that stuck out the most for me this year is a song off of the Bloodborne soundtrack it's called Cleric Beast and mm -hmm. I've listened to that so many times it takes a lot of elements of your typical boss music or horror genre or this big epic movement and it, it kind of twists it a little bit as it goes great song go check it out if you like boss music style stuff it's called cleric beast it's on the bloodborne soundtrack so now we're going to do movies and i think what we should do is one person at a time here we'll just say if there's a movie that we think is a contender for the top and if it's see if it's on anybody else's list all right so for instance i'm going to start i think a contender for movie of the year is the menu i loved that movie so much so that's for me. Was it on anybody else's list or close? I keep forgetting to watch it. No. <laughs> you haven't watched it yet, Melissa. <laughs> no, I keep forgetting. Two quick things I'll say about this movie. It surprised me, which anytime something can surprise me, I really, really, really enjoy it. And then one of the greatest parts about it is the way that it was written and presented is that the characters in the movie did not have a character arc. They didn't change at all. Your understanding of the characters changed and it put it into new perspectives. And so it was like having revelations about the characters as you were watching it. And that kind of put into context what they were doing and why they were doing it. And so it was just really cool way of watching a really dark horror comedy all right who else has a movie so i have a silent voice I'll, i loved this movie it is an, an anime movie essentially it's just about loving yourself and others around you even through your mistakes spoiler alert has a happy ending like a really i think wonderfully happy ending 
and it, it's open, but I love the way they handled it. It's so beautiful to look at. The voice acting was great. Like all of it was just sound tight as a movie. I love that movie. All right, who else has a movie? Amy, movie. I actually do not have a movie at all because I didn't find any movies that really stuck out to me. I mean, there's some movies that I enjoyed, but in general, like movies just didn't hit it for me this year. So Interesting. my movie of the year is going to be Pirates of the Caribbean because screw all of you. <laughs> so uh, Dungeons you know and Dragons okay came out this that. year. That's, that's what I yeah. told her. The Dungeons and Dragons came out and I'm glad I saw it and I thought it was really good, but I didn't think it was like movie of the year quality. Like, I'm okay if I never see it again. And I feel like I should want to see something again so in order for it to be a movie of the year. You should love a movie in order for it to be worthy of a title or trophy for you. Yeah, exactly. I mm-hmm. completely agree 100%. That's why I don't have a movie of the year either. I saw <laughs> good movies, but nothing that was like, wow, that was incredible. What was a, what was a good movie? Okay, to to put this, it's less about like what was the best movie I saw this year. And it's like, or not, it is what's the best movie I saw this year versus what is the movie of the year. Yeah. I wouldn't say The Silent Voice is like my movie of the year because I rewatched a couple of movies, but it is one of my favorite movies that I watched this year. That I was like, that's pretty good. That's pretty good movie. I would say it's more of the best of your experience. It doesn't have to be something that's going to win an award. It's just like you enjoyed it. Yeah, but in these categories, we're awarding something for ourselves, right? We're saying you were so phenomenal. You're worthy of the title of my best movie of the year. And I would say, <laughs> for me, I don't, I, I, don't I don't have. I, well, I just, I just didn't hit this year. So yeah, I I always just saw it as something like. It's not about something that's super amazing. It's just about the something, the best thing I consume this year. Whether it could be a down year, there's still something at the top. There's still something number one, oh, even if it's that. a down year. Yeah, that, I don't know. I mean, like, I've read stuff, but I don't have a favorite book of the year. And I've played some video games, very almost none, but I don't have a game of the year. So why should I have a movie of the year if okay. I just don't feel like there's one that was worthy of it? Surprised you didn't say Oppenheimer. I thought you loved that. It was a good movie, but it wasn't mind blowing. It was ground blowing. Kind of was mind. Okay, Uh, Liam, what do you got? I think my honorable mentions are all of Denise's movies. I don't know how to say his name, but (laughs) I watched them all this year, and especially the best. Yeah, especially the movie Prisoners was absolutely easily one of the best movies i've ever seen it was so good there's it's nearly fall flawless it might be his best movie it's such a good movie y'all have to watch it i don't actually i don't know i don't think amy would like it but i think tommy and like y'all would definitely like it 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 was very good also his other two movies i watched arrival and sicario this year Mm -hmm. i watched those two those were really good love arrival okay Okay, Arrival, I, that might have to be my movie of the year. I thought there we go. go. I knew there was something. Yeah, I knew there was something. No, I, I legit thought we watched that last year. So uh, that was just an absolutely phenomenal movie. I loved it. There you go. You got a movie. <laughs> but I wanted to pick something because I thought Mom, one of Moms would be either one of those movies or Oppenheimer. So I picked something different, which was Spider-Man across. It was something with the Spider-Verse. I don't know. They're always something, <laughs> something weird. Something Spidey. Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. It was really good. I've always liked Spider-Man, but I never loved him. I just thought, oh, he's just another superhero. You know, it's just a bunch of them. He's one of the earlier ones that always kind of stuck. So it's just, it is what it is. But this one really changed my view on Spider-Man and is easily my favorite Spider-Man movie. 
made me love the character and the potential of the character and his universe, especially because it's about a whole universe of Spider-Man. And so, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was great. I loved it. I love the characters, the twists and turns, everything about it. I definitely came out the most hype of that out of any movie today. Nice. Or this year, I guess, not today. So is anybody, I have a bunch of honorable mentions I can do, and I'll just list them off real quick. But yeah, yeah, uh, so Tommy, I'm going to list off some, and you tell me if any of the, well, first of all, Everything Everywhere All at Once I watched this year recently. What a great film. Loved it. Renfield is on my list. I know that everybody is going to be like, why? I need to see it. But so it knows what it is, and it's it's fun, and it surprised me. I like things that surprise me. Arizona, a movie that came out in 2017. I'm not going to say anything about it. Arizona. (laughs) And then I think the one that uh, came out at the end of last year was Weird, the Al Yankovic story. And I laughed so hard watching that. It is it is the perfect parody style movie that I love. Creative mentions. This is a, a special Netflix special, but Bo Burnham's Inside. I did not watch that during COVID, and I think it would have had a much bigger impact if I did watch it during COVID. But I just, I, for whatever reason, didn't watch it. And I decided to this year, and whoo, that that man, this is, I think, his like magnum opus for a lot of things. It was so creatively shot, and it was usually in one singular room. One room, and he was coming up with a bunch of different angles, segues into the next bit. It was very, very intense, but so much fun to, to watch. And the other thing, The Thing. I watched The Thing oh, this like year. Oh, like 83, 86? Yeah. Like yeah, that's a great movie. That's I a great that movie. movie. That yeah. is such a good movie. It was a really great horror movie with smartly written characters trying to solve problems intelligently. Yeah. I felt yeah. like those characters were actually using their wit to figure out the problem at hand. And I loved that. And oh my goodness, the puppetry. Yeah. It was yeah. so cool. The, the practical effects yeah. are so good in that movie. Me and Tommy watched it in DC, and I went into it thinking, oh, it's just some, some dumb 80s garbage horror movie. And I came out, I was like, that was like a really <laughs> well done movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it mm-hmm. surprised me completely. I was like, this is this is it. Let's go to TV shows next, because I feel like yeah. we'll all have a lot to say about TV shows, too. Don't have much fun. All right. I have. Kind of weak. I watched so many tv shows yeah you did you kept you wouldn't shut up about them yeah. <laughs> you're like did you guys see this you should watch this i just yeah, watched yeah, this I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch any tv shows this year it was all movies Liam, we watched tv shows together yeah barely if anybody else has this on their list we'll save it the last of us yes yep yeah oh not as my top but yes I, I, that's my it would top. be on my list if mom would finally watch it with me oh it's good <laughs> just oh it's the concept of it is so cringy for me. I just can't. Cringy isn't like gross or cringy isn't stupid. Like the unsettling. Okay. Unsettling. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. This is yeah, a little bit of a tangent, but did you see that apparently a guy in real life used his own blood to propagate that actual fungus in real life recently? And a bunch of videos are like, absolutely not. Did you not see The Last of Us? It's a whole <laughs> yeah. ass TV show and video game. <laughs> why? Well, I think that's probably why he did it. <laughs> Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Spread some chaos. If you're if you're not going to watch it, Missy, I think that it had uh, some of the best acting and direction I've seen in a TV oh, show yeah. in a very long time. It is mm-hmm. by far the best translated piece of video game to another media that I've ever seen. And it probably mm-hmm. is 
I can't imagine anything topping it. Something that I really like to do is I like to read movie uh, books mm -hmm. if they're going to be made into TV shows or movies. And this was better than any book adaptation I've ever seen. And I didn't watch or play The Last of Us beforehand. What I was actually doing is Tommy and I would watch each episode and I was tandem watching a playthrough of The Last of Us. So as I had watched one episode, I was like, okay, I can watch where I got up to in the or where I would think I got up to in the video game and I it blew me away how well adapted this was it was so good of course they changed some things but in general it was so spot on and it was so so interesting mm -hmm. and the, you're right Mike the acting was fantastic the setting the set design uh and just everything it was so so good if, if you don't want to watch it you should watch the third episode of it only, which yes. has yes. seriously one of the yes. greatest single episodes of TV ever. Oh, it is just gosh. great. It's just and so it, it, good. It doesn't deal with the zombie thing like you would think at all. Nope. It's not. It's not cringy at all. It's a totally standalone idea. What you would find cringy about it, you like, is not there essentially. Missy. Yeah, you okay. need to watch that. Yeah, just I the mean, third episode. Just... There you go. To preface this to the audience, I love zombie stuff. Like, I have watched all but the last season of The Walking Dead and can sit through, you know, heads exploding as a vehicle runs over them and just <laughs> all the creative, cringy ways that they kill the zombies. And, and they have to get real creative after that many seasons to keep you still watching. So it's it's not like the graphicness. It's just there's something to me unbelievably unsettling about the whole plant fungus yeah. whatever it is growing out of like i found it creepy enough watching pirates of the caribbean with the part of the ship part of the crew and that was very fake so this is like nightmare fuel to me i don't think the third episode has any zombie in it it does does it in the very beginning mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. yeah all right but even then it's it, but it's not like yeah. it's yeah it's not like crazy I think what I loved the most about that show is I knew the entire plot minus yeah, the parts that they changed. Me too. I knew the entire plot from the video games and I still loved every moment pretty much. Yeah. That's what baffled me. I was expecting to be. Was it Bella Ramsey? Is that her? Bella Ramsey? Yeah. yeah. Is. She was so good. So good in it. Her acting was amazing. There's, there's a part where something happens to her and she freaks out. And the way she freaks out was like such a cool choice and so realistic in a way that you typically don't see. Yep. But anyway. Yeah. Okay. This is my top of the year. It's Barry. That's not even on my list. Oh, crap. Barry is without a doubt that changed television for me. That raised the bar on what the best thing could be. That is, it is legitimately the top of my list for favorite show of all time. I love the way Bill Hader directs. I yeah. love the way he acts. I love the way he writes like every single scene. And I hated the ending at first, but upon really dwelling on it and actually thinking about it, because it, it made me think for a week or two weeks, I really, I don't like the ending, but I think it's very, very well written. There's there's something about it. I, I love that show. It always got me thinking. It always had an interesting angle on something. The characters were always changing, but in a way that made sense for the character. Yeah, I, I think loved it. I, I, I totally forgot about it. I did love it as well. And I liked again, this is my theme of the year, I guess, surprise me, because that show 
always surprised me, but everything kind of made sense. And I agree with you with the directing. There were some shots that like lingered Mm -hmm. uncomfortably long and then there was a reason for it. And so it, it was it was just it's a great great yeah it's a phenomenal show i did forget about that thank you i watched it like four times <laughs> i just realized something what i've got a bunch of stuff on my list one thing was not an hbo tv show and the rest of them are all hbo shows <laughs> for best of it feels good yeah i have one thing well actually i have two things that aren't one thing that I don't think anyone else is going to have, Game Changer. On my list is and... the one thing that's not oh. HBO. <laughs> <laughs> so Dropout TV, who used to be College Humor, they are now called Dropout. And they are like their own streaming service. And they have a bunch of kind of game shows on there. And Game Changer is one of them. Specifically, it is a different game every episode and none of the players know what's going to happen. And it's strange every single episode. And it is so much fun because all of the people, all of the players are pretty much improvisers or comedians. And it is so fun just like watching them roll with the punches. And it's really fun seeing like what each episode is going to be. And some of the hardest times I've ever laughed at like TV would have been through this. There's a one called the noise boys and it's three particular people who are just really good at making noises and coming up with the most creative ridiculous things and uh, I'll also add to that Amy because I think that the I I would combine Game Changer and Make Some Noise yeah well I was going to say the the Noise Boys spun off to a separate TV show called Make Some Noise because everyone loved those episodes we could give the award to both of them and say it's one TV show that's yeah that because i agree it's it's some of the hardest that i have ever laughed watching that stuff and i don't laugh at many things because i'm dead inside <laughs> well I, I will say like some of it's cringy just because it's improv and improv can be cringy but overall you have a blast watching it and it's just so much fun wayne brady was even on an episode of make some noise so like you know it's starting to get popular when like actual is that one of the like, Zoom ones though? celebrities no 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 oh. no this was um a recent it was this year i believe oh, interesting he was on an episode of make some noise one thing that i i took a note specifically about it is that I love it when I can see that people are having fun and everybody yeah. involved in those shows looks like they're just having an absolute blast. And that to me is so much more special and more real than a scripted comedy for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why I like it is because it's not scripted and it's just pure chaos and silliness and everyone's enjoying themselves. I didn't really watch anything this year and it was pretty much a down year for me. I don't know. I was much more on the heavy movie side. Also didn't really have a summer, so I think that kind of took it away. My oh, abilities. Yeah. But because I, you know, I'm not like mom and Emi, or I'm just like, yeah, I don't have nothing. Shut I'll scrape the barrel <laughs> and I'll say Peter, remove everything he's ever said. <laughs> One thing I really enjoyed was actually a Star Wars show, which was Bad Batch season two. I didn't really mo- watch much this year, but that was really good. Some of the best Star Wars, some of the best Disney era Star Wars there's been. Easily, season one was also really good. Season two made it even better. It's much more individualized about the characters, about the feelings and emotions. It's about it's a lot less black and white, and it's very it's a very gray show. And it just shows both sides, and it really shows uh, what's happened after episode directly after episode three. And the whole transition from Republic to Empire. And it shows it from a very unique perspective. And I just really think it's, I think it's really good. 
I think it's a good watch. Yeah, that's just me. All right. So honorable mention or runner up for me would be Ahsoka, which is one of the newer Star Wars live action TV shows. And it was basically season five of Star Wars Rebels, which was a kid's cartoon Star Wars show. It has all of those characters in it. They're kind of picking up like 10 years later or something. I can't entirely remember. But seeing all of those characters come to life live action was just... Oh, there was something magical about it. The feel of the show was very like nordic like norse mythology kind of feel to it it just had some real phenomenal music the graphics were amazing and it really just kept you you were getting really pumped up for oh my gosh do you think it's gonna happen in the next episode i can't believe they're gonna do this like it got you excited for a star wars story for the first time in a really long time so it was really exciting like Liam and I would sit and watch it every week as the new episode came out and it was something I really looked forward to doing but if you haven't seen Star Wars Rebels then the majority of that show will be pretty meaningless to you so you kind of have to go watch that so that was my runner-up and then my absolute show of the year is Manifest which I don't think any of you guys watched you, 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 mm. no, none of you. I would say top three favorite shows of all time for me. And you guys know the type of shows I like, so that should probably put it there. But it was so well done to me and had the perfect balance of different elements that I can easily go back and watch it multiple times and still feel like just the absolute thrill of what's going on essentially to kind of understand the flavor of it it's like if the airplane from the tv show lost landed and then all the chaos happened ultimately it's kind of an examination between like the balance of faith and science and and the characters attempt to reconcile those two things in their life. They go through a lot of really interesting sci-fi type stuff. And you see a lot of character development with people who are like, faith is the only thing in my life. Or science is the only thing in my life. And, and trying to figure out how both of those things play a role in their journey and ultimate fate of not just them but like everyone in their lives and seeing how everything is all connected and interwoven and it's just done so interestingly and I think ultimately the writers did a phenomenal job with this series and it had multiple writing teams because it was under different production companies ultimately Netflix picked it up when ABC canceled it and you know a lot of times Netflix doesn't always keep going in the same direction direction as a tv show used to go but they definitely did this show justice so yeah phenomenal show highly recommend it to everybody it's definitely a me kind of show so you may or may not like it but i cannot say enough great stuff about that show so here we go guys here's the rest of the, the rest of the shows that's going to be on my list i'm going to talk about them real brief boardwalk empire finally watched it it was a show i watched vice <laughs> principles uh, it's two seasons. It's Danny McBride comedy, but it's not how he usually is. Uh, so I liked it a lot. And then I watched two miniseries. Both of them were David Simon, Ed Burns, which are like the creators for The Wire. One of them was Show Me a Hero, which actually I don't think was one of them. It was really, really good. And the other one I, de I definitely want to give a special shout out to is Generation Kill. I've been avoiding this for a long time. 
It's a mini series from the creators of The Wire, and it's based upon a book written by a Rolling Stone journalist who followed a Marine recon unit when they were invading Iraq. And if you know anything about David Simon or Ed Burns, they really highlight how terrible decisions can be made by people that are incompetent in positions of power and how they oftentimes use those things for their own gain and they'll get a lot of people hurt. So that's like kind of the main theme of The Wire and of a lot of stuff that they do is like stop putting people in power that shouldn't be there because they're going to ruin everything. So that's it. I've done my HBO. I have two more. Loki. Oh, I right. absolutely oh, I love Loki. Watch season. Mm. And I'm going to give it, I'm just going to give it a non-spoiler thing. It's a Marvel thing that had a vision that executed on it instead of reverting to what it's comfortable with. Yep. And I, I think you'll find that a lot of Marvel things had vision in it. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I know. <sighs> loved it, it just had a fun style i'll say that it probably <laughs> was the most interesting thing marvel has done since endgame the the two since seasons specifically yeah 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 it's interesting so because good. it's different mm-hmm. and then i started black mirror this year and oh, oh. yes so so much fun every episode that i watch i'd usually come back and immediately discuss with missy because they were always thought-provoking it's just good. It's great. Love both of those. What show of the year, guys? What is it? I would say Last of Us, but that's just me. Yeah, I think Last of Us. I think we all liked it. Liam's going to like it, know it. Yeah. Oh, uh, Liam's going to love it. Yeah. Last of Us, easy. Yeah, I guess all four of us would like it, and then Missy would probably love it if it didn't have the, the fungal. Yes. Last of Us, congratulations. Our video games. Video games. Video games. Hold on. I want to say something about games. This okay. year was a great year for video games to come out. It had one of the best in a while. Yeah, it had so many good hits. So obviously I played games that came out a couple years ago. (laughs) 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 So true. That's like my entire list. I'm just going to list off the games I put on here and then I'll talk about two of them. I played Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I played Battlefield 2042. Yes, screw you. I like that game. Tears of the Kingdom I played. Not going to talk oh about gosh, it. Totally Uncharted <laughs> 4. Uh, played a game called There Is No Game. Uh, it's a mobile game, or it might be on PC. Pretty fun. Vampire Survivors I got into. That was super fun and different. It was a great way to get through airplanes. I 100%ed Marvel Spider-Man and hated myself for doing it. And then there's a game called Shadow of Doubt, which is a procedural first-person detective game. It's really cool mechanics. They kind of just drop you off in a city and you have to solve crimes by like doing smart things like looking up people in the phone book and then going to their apartment and then breaking in. And it's just a really cool, but it's an early access. So holy shut up. Those are the games I played. Minus two I'll talk about later. I have two. One was called A Little to the Left, and then the other one was Hogwarts Legacy. So I know that there's a lot of controversy with Hogwarts Legacy, so I won't get into that, but it was... A really good story. The visuals were beautiful. It was so much fun. And the fact that you got to like explore Hogwarts <clears throat> itself and then the town surrounding it. And I just thought it was such a fun, intricate game. I had a blast playing it. And it would be like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I got to go to bed. Music. Oh, crap. Oh, the, the music. music. Oh, just, I, I know, oh, I know so you good. said you didn't want to get into it. But I think that there is no controversy with Hogwarts Legacy. There's controversy with the person who made Harry Potter. Yes. That's a big difference. 100%. But because she made Harry Potter and this game is in that world, that's where people are saying the controversy is. And they're like, clearly, like, I'm 
Yeah. The game no, came it, out around the same general time that she made some very hate-fueled comments. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like so. her, like the game. But that's why <laughs> I think that the, the game is kind of its own thing. I don't believe, yeah. and I don't, yeah. I could be wrong. I don't believe she worked in the story that much. And I believe that, you know, obviously she created the world it was in, but there's going to be a certain point when a, a giant intellectual property like that is no longer yours. It's somebody else's, you know? So I just wanted to say. That. No, no, I appreciate it. A little to the left was so much fun. It is basically an organization game where you just like <gasps> organize stuff. I, I watched you play that. And didn't you yeah. make Missy play it or mom? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I made <laughs> okay. mom play it. Yeah. Because it was just so much fun. And it's such a simple, quick game. I think I got done with it in like two hours or something like that. But, but it is... Oh, it was just so satisfying, especially for people who like to like take out a box of crayons, dump them out, and then organize them into rainbow color. Yes. That's the vibe of the whole game yeah. is you get to just organize things and put them in the proper place and like height order. Oh, so much fun. Have you played Unpacking? I I think I did. Oh, I did play Unpacking. Yeah, I, I played it right after I played <laughs> a little to the left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's funny. Because I was like, oh, this is Unpacking. I was like, wait, no, it's a little to the left, which is literally the one that's right next to it. Uh -huh, a little to the left. Yeah, Unpacking as well was great. I just love the organization <laughs> games. I think they're so much fun. And there's just like, it just scratches that itch, that ADHD itch in my brain or OCD itch in my brain that I really enjoy. So yeah, both of those, all three of those. Good, good games and Boulder's Gate three because this is a great game. We'll talk. But about I have. That I'm, I'm only. I'm only like a little <laughs> bit into it, so like it's really fun. But I. I feel like I can't speak on that because I have not played nearly as much as the others. So. Okay, honorable mention, Unreal 5 engine, okay? <laughs> Holy moly, that engine's popping off right now. It, it really just is. Every yeah. game I've played with it so far, beautiful. Remnant 2 is one of the games I've played, and it's the sound design and all of the impl implementation of the like the lumen system oh my gosh everything looks so good and it runs really well too to, to briefly like go off of that one of the cool things is that we're finally getting to see unreal 5 games because the engine's been out yep. but you have to develop for it so it still takes mm -hmm. time so now even though like we've seen the technology now you can actually see how it's being implemented and i love it it's so cool and it definitely is the pc version of a, like a console generation upgrade is an engine upgrade that we get to see but then also the consoles get to epic upgrade. also the consoles too <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's so i love it i love it and I'm, i love what they're doing with it and i cannot wait to see that keep going because games are just so pretty You're probably gonna have a lot of people switching to it too That's oh it's a lot Speaking of a studio that's going to switch to it, Halo Infinite. Okay, I loved this game. It was the one of the best co-op family experiences I had. Oh, yeah, we did play that this year. Mm -hmm, I think it was did. one of the best worst co-op experiences I've had. <laughs> it, exactly. It's not a good game, but so, I had a lot of fun playing it. Exactly. It was it was $500 million grapple hook. I loved that. Yeah. That was the such a good hook grappling the best hook. Part. Yeah. But Mike yelling at the voice acting the entire time was the best. Oh, it was fantastic. It's more like, the story. It's the, the story. Like the it's got good bones, but it's just bones. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let me suck on that marrow. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Guardians of the Galaxy. I played that. Didn't come out this year. It's like a classic Guardian story and like with the gameplay to match. And it makes you feel like an 80s action hero team. And it's so much fun. Story's good. Gameplay is it serves the story and they're constantly talking to each other. So it feels like they're an actual team. Love, love the voice acting in that game. 
we will talk about Boulder's Gate, but I think the more interesting one for me is Deathloop. I love this game. It's a fantastic game and it uses recycled mechanics and like bloated mechanics and makes them fun. Personally for me, I never go around and read every single paper around, but that's like the point of this game. And every paper that you do read is a clue to solving the game essentially. The game is about you breaking the death loop, you breaking the loop every day. Is this your game of the year? I think it is. Oh my goodness. I think it is the game of the year because I love how Arcane recycled all of these mechanics and made them fun. And it didn't ever feel like I was repeating a day in the sense that like, oh, I'm repeating this level. This gets boring. It was no, I'm getting better at the level at the game because the game keeps changing around my actions. (laughs) And that was so much fun to me. I think the highlight of it all is the voice acting. Oh, oh, man, these characters felt so real. And I loved that. I loved it. So Deathloop, for all the slack that it got, I think it's a fantastic game. All right, well, before y'all talk about Boulder's Gate for the next three hours, <laughs> I got two games. One came out several years ago, but finally played this year. I've been wanting to for a while. It's called Stellaris. It's a mm. paradox strategy game, and it is really fun. It, it, it's a you can make your own story with it it's in space you could there's so much there's a million different scenarios you can do with it it's just so much fun and i love it it's really well made it's not too complicated for new people because i didn't really know how to play it much before i went in and I, you can learn the basics pretty easy it's just the more heavier stuff it'll take time to learn and get but it is complicated enough to the point where there is complexity and depth to the game and then you can keep on progressing and learning and stuff. And so it won't come to your first or second or third try. You will you will keep on getting better, you know, and there's a lot of detail. It's heavy detail in this game. There's like a million different races and there's a million different things you can do in space. And all these different, it's, it's, it's really cool. But another one is probably very familiar to all people out there right now the most highest rated game on steam right now uh lethal company mm-hmm. it is extremely fun i feel bad for all the console people that can't experience such a great fun friend game it's it's just a very small basic horror game that implements proximity chat perfectly and it makes it super fun it lessens the horror immediately because you're just with friends doing a bunch of stupid stuff. Unless you're by yourself. If you're by yourself, then yeah, it can get a little scary at times. But if you're with people, you're just having a blast. And I could just keep on playing it for hours and hours. I, in fact, I did that last night. I, we played for like four or five hours straight. I thought the game you were screaming in at like one o'clock in the morning. I had to yell at you to be quiet. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, things happen. The Eight, amount right, of clips... A- Liam and I have gotten out of out of Lethal Company is awesome. <laughs> it, it's so cool. It's definitely it's like the the new social game. Among yep. Us was kind of the last one that really did it, but all the videos I've watched for it, I've not played yet. Just makes it seem like everybody's having a blast and the gameplay is not really super in depth, but the interactions and the social aspect is what makes it so much better. The development of the AI, because there's a bunch of different monsters in the game. There's only one guy that's made this game. There's only one developer. And he has done an amazing job of creating a bunch of unique different monsters and scenarios that this game puts you in. And it's a really well-made game for being so simple and so small. It's just, it's done so well. You know, you've convinced me. I'm going to put it on my list. I haven't played it, but it's also going on my list. There you go. Good. There's a reason why it's the highest rated game. It's good. But now, the crown jewel. Before I get to the crown jewel, 
I don't know. So this is a tough one, guys. I still don't know what it is. I played two games a lot this year. I played about 280 hours of Elden Ring. Both game of the years. Yeah, uh, which I know came out last year. It's true. <laughs> but oh my goodness, what an addicting game. I had to stop playing because I have to get schoolwork done. <laughs> I think my game of the year is definitely going to be Boulder's Gate 3. It's the most shocking to me because you came out with, I, I'm a Boulder's Gate fan. I played the first two games so many times. I want to give a little anecdote here. Okay, so I did not have a computer powerful enough to play Boulder's Gate 1. And I saw my friend playing it and he let me borrow all six CDs because that's how many it took. And I had a 133 megahertz processor and I needed 166 megahertz to properly run this. Well, I said, no, screw that. So what I did is played it anyway. And I literally played it at like 0.01 frames per second at some times. Like to just render a frame would take five, 10 seconds, and then it would do another frame. And I played that game so much. I loved it. I absolutely loved the, the computer RPG genre. And I thought that Boulder's Gate 3 could never live up to it. And it has exceeded it in terms of making you feel really creative during combat scenarios and giving you just a really fun way to explore a super in-depth world with wonderful characters. And it just really upped the game. So sorry, I've ranted. That's my game of the year. Just kidding. It's Elden Ring. Elden Ring's the best. Love it. Just kidding. It's Boulder's Gate 3. I don't know. <laughs> it, the amount cool. of dialogue in Boulder's Gate is dumb. Like, yeah. the amount of just voiced lines in that game. There's a scenario for everything, mm -hmm. and everything changes everything, and all the characters are talking all the time. It's like, shut up, but it's great. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's really like a technical marvel. It's one of those rare RPG achievements where you know it's going to be talked about in 20 years as just an epic fun game. And there's probably not going to be another one close to it for 20 years. It's really fun because you can make everybody kiss each other. <laughs> they go, mwah, mwah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's it's actually really wholesome the amount of like people i've seen just talk about like look i don't game a lot but you can have three boyfriends in this game <laughs> like why wouldn't i want to play boulder's gate <laughs> yeah. if you ever wanted to play dungeons and dragons and did not have a dm this is the game to play because it's so true it it nails the combat it simplifies in a lot of ways, but it has this great ability called push and you can push everybody off cliffs and it's the most fun thing that you can do while playing. And I absolutely love it. And I've killed main characters by doing it by accident. And it's just great. So good. Anyway. So game of the year? Game of the year. Yeah. Game. game of the year. Elgin Ring? <laughs> no. Well, thank you for listening to this. I think we're going to wrap things up then. <laughs> that was a little long, but you know, hey, this year hey. was long. They usually are longer than, okay? We got a lot to say at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. The magic of editing. Anyways, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this. What were your guys's of the years? Best of for 2023. Of the years. Every year, for the, from the beginning of your life to now. Tell us. That's, I want an essay. We should actually make awards, and it, there's just called of the years. Of that would be years. great. Yeah. Okay, sure. I like this. Yeah. So Boulder's Gate got the creativity and chaos of the year. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. That works. Well, we would love to hear from you. Hear what kind of things you really enjoyed this year. You can reach us at 1L2N Productions over on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit. And if you like this chaos, 
you can donate to it to continue the, the, the cause of chaos over on our Patreon. If you could just leave us a review, I know it's that like and subscribe thing, but seriously, it would help us out and I'll read it on air if you do that. I'll try and look at the reviews and pick one that I like and I'll read it. All you gotta do is actually give it. And the last word of the day, the last word of the year goes oh. to Tommy. Please don't make me regret it. <laughs> That's just so rude. <laughs> I forgot to mention him, but one of my favorite YouTubers, Andrew Wong, he makes really great music and he's constantly releasing things that are pushing musical boundaries. He released two songs that I really like, If I Die Tonight by Sonic Boom him and then cloud collapse by him both really good songs recommend checking them out 